2023 college football season is inching ever closer. This is the We Hate Your Team podcast, a proud member of the VSN Collegiate Network. I'm Kelly Ford from thelines.com. With me, as always, is my co-host and friend, Zach King. Kinger, week zero is now just one week away. We're not going to get to games yet, but how are we doing this week? Doing great, man. Inching closer and closer, like you said. This is the last episode we're doing next week, or last episode we're doing before we get to start previewing games. Week zero, just 10 short days away. So we got a good filler episode tonight talking about something we probably should have done in the offseason. But here we are just a couple weeks before the season looking to put out some content. I think we've got a good discussion for everybody tonight as we approach the beginning of the 2023 season. I think we got a great episode tonight, King. And yeah, I agree with you. We probably we talked about it, you know, last February about, hey, let's do this one. It's going to be fun and we can generate some good conversation and all of that. I will say, though, it actually maybe benefited us a little bit because of all of the conference realignment that happened this summer, maybe changes some of our minds on what we're, where we're putting some of these teams here. Of course, we're, we're talking about power five jobs and we're trying to tier them. So King and I each have, you know, a handful of tiers here. Kings, I think you said you got five. I've got six. I've got a reason for the sixth one that I have, and I can get into that. There's really five main tiers for me as well. What we've done is we've looked at every Power Five program, and we've essentially put them into buckets. You know, if you were going to be the head coach at this job what or at this school, where does that job fall within the hierarchy of college football. We've broken them up into these tiers. I'll speak for myself, King, and I don't know about you. When I'm listing out teams that are in my tiers, they're not necessarily within any sort of order within a tier. Like if I say Alabama's number one in tier one, I'm not saying that's necessarily the best job in college football. It's no better than the next team I'm going to list or the third. It's just within the tiers. That's kind of where we've drawn our lines. And I I think we're going to get, we're going to get some good conversation because I don't think we're going to agree on everything here as we go. Definitely not. And I'm in the same boat as you, Kelly. I Going through my list today, there's some baseline criteria, which I know I think we'll cover here in a second, kind of what we both did in regards to how we went through evaluating this and putting our list together. But just like you, I, I group teams together. There's no specific, specific order. It's not ranked one through 69 by any means. These are just group tier jobs based on how uh, I, I view them from, from top to bottom in regards to the most prestigious to, to some of the more not prestigious Division One Power Five jobs out there. Well, let's talk about it, King. You said, you know, we didn't get together beforehand, much like the AP poll voters. They don't get together beforehand and say, let's have our objective for what we're doing here. We just put a, kind of put together our list with our own criteria, our own thinking. So, King, let's hear from you. What was the criteria that you were considering as you put together your, your five tiers of Power Five jobs? So I considered five key points, I guess, in putting together my list. Number one is just the history of the program, overall success. Number two would be the access to money, resources, donors. Third one would be the location, geography. I, th- I think the campus is included in this, but I think a big one, big part of this is going to be access to hot recruiting spots within the country and where some of the best talents located. And then the fifth one that I considered is probably the least of it, but just the overall standing of today, where the program's at how they have performed over the last 20 years of my lifetime. There's some personal, obviously some personal opinion in this. I don't know the ins and outs of all the schools here, but based on, you know, uh, you know what we see and, and how we observe college football, this is kind of what I put together. And I wanted to make sure that the current state of the program was at least reflected somewhat in the rankings today. 
Yeah, King, I think, you know, we, we thinking about it similarly. Uh, a lot of those things you mentioned are some of the things I was thinking about, too, as I grouped these teams. Like you said, I'm thinking about, you know, the history of these programs, which 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 schools have the best history. How recent is the history? Like in terms of success, you know, Minnesota was a really, really good program back in the 1930s. That's been almost 100 years ago now. So they do have history, not necessarily recent history. So History, the recency of that history, um, looking at the recruiting beds, that's absolutely a factor here. Where is this this school located and what access do they have to the highest end recruits? Also, King, for me, it's becoming more and more important, and we're seeing it every single day, it seems like, with a conference realignment, with which conference are you affiliated and what's kind of your standing within that conference? Because just because you're in the SEC, Vanderbilt, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily a tier one job. You're still going to be better off than, you know, some of the others that are out there because you're getting that SEC money, because you're getting that SEC exposure, because you could say when you're recruiting, we play in the SEC. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be on equal footing. Again, another one, maybe like Northwestern. You know, you're in the Big Ten, but are you really what's your standing within the Big Ten? So to me, those were kind of some of the things I was looking at. I don't think there's anything too controversial on my list. I'm sure the listeners will uh, will let me know if they disagree. King, I'm sure you'll let me know if you disagree. I, I, I struggled, though, King. I'll be honest. This was when we talked about this way back in February. And I was like, oh, it was it was your idea, King. And I said, man, that's a great idea. I love it. I want to do that. I sat down at that time and started just charting it out really quickly. Again, February is a busy time for me. I was you know, working on basketball championship stuff for work, and I was also you know taking a break doing this over lunch or whatever. And I paused because I was like, man, that's actually a little more difficult than I thought. Well, I picked it up again tonight here as we're preparing to do this episode, and I'm like, man, this is like really, really difficult. Some of them are obvious, you know, the first couple, the, maybe the bottom couple, but everything in between, these these are fine margins. So I struggled quite a bit, King. I don't know about you, uh, but this was definitely an interesting and challenging exercise. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that, Kelly, especially because we went, like you said, we didn't do any sort of prep work ahead of time. We didn't talk. We didn't have any formal criteria. This is just literally personal opinion. You know, you get to a point and there are such slim margins. There's such slim difficulties between a lot of these schools. It really is a toss up and you're really just trying to group them together just the best you can at this point. Like you said, I'm sure we're going to have some people coming at us uh, for where we place their schools in these jobs. But just try to be realistic. And again, these are just our own personal opinions on this and how we view the landscape of college football. All right, King, let's get into it here. Tier one, that's where we're going to start. That's the, the the top of the top, the best power five jobs that are out there in college football. Let's hear from you, King. What are your tier one jobs in power five college football? So I have eight listed and the margin between eight, nine, eight, ten, it's very slim. But if you're asking me, I believe there are eight premier jobs in college football right now consists majority of the blue bloods i got alabama texas ohio state usc michigan notre dame oklahoma and georgia i got all eight of those in my tier one as well king i actually have 10 in my tier one so i have two additional teams say them for me one more time king so i can check it off the list here and so everyone at home gets it too what were your eight that you had in tier one Alabama, Texas, Ohio State, USC, Michigan, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and Georgia. Okay, so I've now identified the two that I have in Tier 1 that you do not. And again, we did not say, hey, you get 8 spots, you get 10 spots, you get 12 spots. We just said, Kelly, Kinger, draw those lines where you will, and let's talk about it. So I'm with you. I've got those eight. You know, they are college football blue bloods. Uh, I think of those eight that you mentioned, I think there's – there's kind of eight accepted college football blue bloods out there, Kinger. It's it's seven that you mentioned there, and maybe not Georgia, which I know is a hard thing to, for Georgia fans to hear because they're the two-time reigning national champions. You know that they've been some of the best college football teams we've seen in a very long time these past two years. 
But in terms of blue blood status, almost across the board, however you're looking at it, whichever list you're looking at, it's the seven you named minus Georgia plus then Nebraska is also usually in that blue blood conversation. I'm with you, though. I've got those seven blue bloods plus Georgia, which I like to call them a new blood. I think they are uh, certainly in the last you know 20 years or so. I know they've only started winning national championships since 1980 here twice recently. But with, since that last championship in 1980, they've certainly been, you know, a, a top end team, a, a, a college football playoff or BCS national championship contending type team. So absolutely, I think they're a new blood. I'd put them in there. King, the other two that I actually have in there, uh, it's Clemson. So yes, Clemson is, I put them in the new blood category, just like Georgia kind of, you know, they've won a couple of national championships in recent years, not quite as recent as Georgia. But again, I, I talk about what's their standing within power five or maybe now power four conferences moving forward, the ACC. Is, they haven't made many moves because that grant of rights that goes out through 2036 in terms of conference membership, they're still a power four conference. And I think Clemson's status within that conference is very secure, at least as long as Dabo's been there. And I know we're saying if we got the job, you know, what would it look like? So I'm not guaranteeing the next person's going to have as much success as Dabo, but I would put Clemson in that mix. King, in the, in the CFP era, Clemson has the third best average K forward rating of any team out there. So they're behind only Alabama and Ohio state actually. So uh, Clemson for me goes in tier one. And the other one I have King is strictly because of uh, the conference in which they play. And then also the access to recruits that they have. I'm talking about LSU King. I have LSU as a tier one team. They haven't always played like, I mean, they won a national championship in 2019. They won a national championship in uh, 2003, 2007. So they have three national championships in the last, what is that, 20 years. They play in a very tough conference. They play in a very tough division, at least for one more year until they do away with the divisions. But King, the biggest thing for me here is LSU is the only major power five uh, school in the state of Louisiana, which consistently pumps out if not the most among the most, you know, blue chip recruits, especially per capita. When you're looking at the size of that state and the amount of prospects that are coming out of it, and if you're a top end recruit uh, coming out of Louisiana, your state school is LSU and there is no second one. So it's not like Florida where you got, you know, three or four. It's not like Alabama where you got two. Texas, you got a handful. That's your only one in, in, in Louisiana. So I've got LSU there. So King, tell me, Clemson and LSU, I'm assuming you have them in tier two, but let's just, as we're going here, let's check it off. Where do you have those two? Yeah, both those schools in tier two and LSU is right up there on that borderline in that eight, nine, 10 range for me. In my opinion, they are a top 10 program, top 10 job. You look at all of those reasons that you just listed, the recruiting hotbed, only division one power five school in Louisiana, the history of the program, LSU, Death Valley, Baton Rouge, great, good, you know, good campus down there, a popular destination for a lot of people to go to school. They're right there in that conversation. And then when I mentioned right tier one to tier two, there's a very small gap for me. The first two schools, Clemson, I got, you know, it took me Clemson sitting there for me in that tier two spot. They're a little bit farther down the list. They weren't right off the top, you know, schools when I'm going through writing this out, there's not sitting right at the top of tier two. The other school that I had in tier two that we didn't talk about that's right there for me is Florida State. You look at, OK, yes, they've maybe had some down years there, but this is another program very rich in history. They've got a recruiting hotbed down there in Florida. Everybody loves Tallahassee. Uh, this is a program that historically made a lot of noise, and they seem to be finding their way right back in, in the direction. A lot of resources down there. Jimbo really had a great run there in, uh, back when we were in college. So that's the other school right there on the edge for me. You know, we can shift into the tier two, yeah, but just to address those, Clemson's a few more down, and it was LSU, and then, and, and then Florida State was right there for me as well. Love it. Yeah, Florida State right on that edge for me. I, I actually, by my numbers, by my calculations, I actually have 10 blue bloods. Um, you know, if you're looking at the, over the course of the program's history, the average K Ford rating of 75 or better, it's the eight traditional that we have. I actually have Penn State and Florida State up there too. 
Both of those schools, though, end up in my tier two. Um, Florida State, though, right there on the edge, as you said, for sure. I agree with that one. So, King, if we're looking at tier two, I actually have uh, 12 teams in tier two. So let me name them for you here. Again, no particular order, um, but I have these 12 schools in tier two. You tell me, King, as we're going, do you have them in tier two as well? Or are any of these in tier three or below for you? We can certainly dive into those. I've got 12 here. I've got Wisconsin, Auburn, Penn State, Texas A&M. Utah, Florida, Oregon, Washington, Miami, Florida State, as we talked about, Tennessee, and Nebraska. There's the other traditional blue blood there uh, in Nebraska. So I've got 12 in there, King. Let me say them again one more time for people. Uh, give you a chance to, to check some notes. Wisconsin, Auburn, Penn State, Texas A&M, Utah, Florida, Oregon, Washington, Miami, Florida State, Tennessee, Nebraska. Again, no necessarily order within the tier, but those are my tier two teams. What about that, King? What do you think? So we are very similar. So I and again, we didn't compare. We didn't compare notes. So this is that's interesting. My tier two looks like Florida State, LSU, Nebraska, Clemson, Penn State, Miami, Florida, Auburn, Oregon, Tennessee, Texas A and M. And Washington. So yeah, Kelly, it looks like our our, our teams line, line up there for the most part, with uh, with that, with the exception of those two. And and the Wisconsin Utah, I have them right on the border there, at tier tier three. But these twelve schools to me really separate. If you look at the last ten years ago, with the except ten years or so, with the exception of Nebraska, all these schools have had their chance at the at the top. They, I think there's a little bit of a gap between tier one and tier two, a little bit more so tier two to tier three. Yep, I would agree with you, King. I do think, you know, especially the bottom of Tier 1 or the top of Tier 2, probably a little bit smaller. As you start looking at some of these programs that are in Tier 3, I think there is a bit more of a drop. And you said you've got Wisconsin and Utah in Tier 3. Listen, I I actually, I contemplated Utah in Tier 3 and for the same reasons that Wisconsin, to me, is a solid tier two, Utah actually is too. If I'm looking at the in the CFP era by average K forward rating, Wisconsin has the seventh best average K forward rating in the CFP era. You could argue they maybe have underachieved with their win loss record relative to what the number seven power rated team on average should have, but that's number one in tier two. I mean, that's the that's the highest average power rating in the CFP era in my tier two, Utah's right there at number 13. I mean, they're not far behind there. They're ahead of, in the CFP era by my numbers of the likes of Florida, Oregon, Washington, Miami, Florida State, Tennessee, Nebraska, right? So to me, that's why I've got, you know, Wisconsin and Utah there. I'm not going to quarrel too much if anyone wants to put them into tier three, especially, I would say, especially Utah. You know, they only have a, a very short history here being at the power five level. I would say they've been very successful in their time in the power five here recently. So uh, Wisconsin, I think, has a case to be a tier two, even though they've never won a national championship. Probably the best college football program at the FBS level that has never won a, a college football national championship. Um, that would be Wisconsin for me. So you could argue their accomplishments and, and Utah's longevity. I get that. I, I'm with you on it. I think I think those make sense. Tier three, King. I think we're starting to get in some big bulks now. I have, as I check it here, I have 14 teams in year three, in tier three. Excuse me. How many do you have, King? I have 10 in tier three. You have 10 in tier three. All right. So that means as we keep counting up these numbers, um, we're going to have a couple leftovers then that that I'm going to have in tier three that maybe you aren't. I, I was a little bit more lenient, I think, with my lines as, as we got going down here, but that's okay. So, King, let's hear, uh, let's hear your 10 because it'll be easier for you to name 10 than me 14, and I can check off as you're going who, who we have in there, and then I can tell you who I also have included in addition to your list. 
Yeah, so I'll just start and cover Wisconsin and Utah real quick. Wisconsin just missed the boat for me. There's no doubt for me denying the success they've had, and they are a top-tier college football program. I think if you look at the recruiting and maybe their location, I think that maybe holds them back a little bit. Wisconsin, the last five years or so, they've dipped up into the mid-teens for recruiting class, but a lot of you know, a lot of times they're sitting at 30-40, and they've been able to excel and achieve with a lot of guys that maybe aren't getting the stars or some of the notoriety that you know some of these five and four stars have, but. Uh, I think that holds back Wisconsin just a little bit in the recruiting as well as kind of the scheme that they've ran the last 10 years or so. I think it maybe deters some of these bigger name players from going there, but there's no real knock on Wisconsin. Great campus, great football school. They're, they're a top tier program. And then with Utah, with Kyle Whittingham, I think it really comes down to the culture and what he's built there. I think he's a big part, obviously, of that Utah program, the success they've had. You know, for, for a lot of these mid-tier guys, Utah, it, it's a program a lot of people want to get involved in. So uh, just sitting outside for me in, in tier three for my justification with that. So outside of those two schools, I have Arkansas, South Carolina, UCLA, Iowa, Oklahoma State, Ole Miss, TCU, and Virginia Tech. Okay. I've got most of those there. King, I actually have one of those in tier four, which means there are a handful of teams that I have in tier three uh, that you have in tier four. So say them again for me one more time. King, let's go one by one. I'll tell you if I have them in tier three or tier four. Wisconsin. Yep. And that's, that's one of my tier two. Yeah. Wisconsin, Utah. Yep. Arkansas. I'm with you on Arkansas in tier three. UCLA. Yep. I'm I'm with you there. South Carolina. I actually have South Carolina in tier four Kings. So let's come back to South Carolina here in a second. Iowa. Iowa's tier three. Oklahoma State. Yep. Ole Miss. Yep. TCU. Yep. Virginia Tech. Yep. I'm with you there. Okay. So I think I've got the list as we go down. So let me name some others that I have in tier three that you must have in tier four or lower. Mississippi State. Tier four. Uh, I can can be be convinced of that. Uh, Baylor. Tier four. Same. Pitt, or I mean, I could be convinced of it. Pitt? Tier four. Okay. Uh, North Carolina? Tier four. UCF? Tier four. Uh, Houston? Tier four. And Texas Tech? Tier four. Okay. So we've I've got a, a handful in tier three that you have in four. You have South Carolina in three that I have in four. Uh, so let me just really quickly say for everyone what my tier three is as we go down. Oklahoma, again, no order. Oklahoma State, Iowa, TCU, Mississippi State. Ole Miss, Baylor, Pitt, UCLA, North Carolina, UCF, Virginia Tech, Arkansas, Houston, Texas Tech. King, for me, some of these ones here, and and let's get to South Carolina too, but before I forget, since I've written down South Carolina, I didn't write these other ones down. Mississippi State, I I could put them in tier four. King, they have the 22nd best average uh, K-Ford rating during the CFP era. I know the CFP era is not the end-all be-all, but it is is almost 10 years now worth of data. That's, That's a significant kind of recent history. Mississippi State standing within the SEC, you could say bumps them down. I won't argue that. Three or four, they would be the best tier four team in the CFP area CFP era if I had them in tier four. So that's how they ended up in tier three. Baylor, kind of similar. The number 26 in the CFP era. I had them in tier four, actually, and I made the move up to tier three very late in the process uh, for me. Pitt, I think they got enough history at Pitt that they warrant being in tier three. And again, for me, they're in the ACC. I have not named a whole lot of ACC programs in Tier 1 and Tier 2, meaning their relative standing within their conference, which is a Power 4 conference moving forward, 
is better, I think, than a lot of other teams that I have even in Tier 3 and certainly the teams in Tier 4. So for me, that's why they're there. North Carolina, somewhat similar. I, I could put North Carolina in Tier 4. I wouldn't even argue that one too much. They wouldn't. They'd be, you know, top five in terms of average K-4 rating in the CFP era. King, two that I'm not, or three, I guess, that I'm not going to back down on and I think do belong in Tier 3, that's UCF, that's Houston, and that's Texas. And UCF and Houston are new to the Power 5. So you could say, what's going on there? Yeah, they're new to the Power 5 or Power 4 moving forward. They're in the Big 12. Same thing with Texas Tech. And I think the new-look Big 12 without Texas and Oklahoma – I think geography is going to matter even more with regard to access to these recruits. UCF being right there in central Florida, uh, having basically the entire state to themselves from a Big 12 standpoint. They certainly don't have the entire state to themselves. Every single big program recruits the state of Florida. But UCF, great access to talent. Now they're in a Power 5 conference. I think they are a program that is poised to rise. Houston, very similarly, they've finally gotten up to that Power 5 level. I think it should have happened a long time ago, but they're there now. And they're a program sitting there in Texas. You know, a lot of great high school football players in Texas, good access to recruits. Same thing with Texas Tech. They've been in the Big 12 for a long time, haven't maybe done what the fans in Lubbock would like them to see year in and year out. You know, they did have uh, some great years there, 2007, 2008, uh, with the air raid offense and Mike Leach and all of that. You know, the Michael Crabtree game against Texas, awesome. And now recently now with McGuire there, being, and you know, they're trending in the right direction. I think the new look Big 12, those three programs in particular are well poised. So I don't know if you have want to react to any and all of that, King, but I certainly want to hear your case for South Carolina, a team that I have in tier four, the only one that I have in tier four that's in your tier three. Well, I, you know, I don't have a whole lot of depth to my South Carolina pick other than I think they're getting the SEC bump. I think it's a good location. They've historically been able to attract some big name coaches to the program. At, you know, they've also had plenty of years where they've been down to the dumps. But if you look at the program, you seem to be putting a lot of resources into it. It's a pretty good recruiting bed down there. Obviously, you have access to the whole Southeast, but South Carolina, not a bad state for talent at all. And and I think that they are still one of they're, – they're right on the edge for me, but I still think they are upper echelon, right on that upper echelon of top 50% of SEC jobs. That's that's really the the, the, the justification behind it to me. There's, there's not really a whole lot that goes into it other than I view South Carolina as still a premier destination, primarily because of that SEC bump. But in regards to your comments on those other schools, I mean, I, I'm looking at my list right now, and Houston and UCF are both schools that I have in my top 10 of Tier 4, right? And you're going to see with my Tier 4, I got like 25 schools in there. <laughs> With the recruiting bed that, that you have in Texas and UCF, the access to the talent around there, both those schools have really, again, invested a lot of resources into their program, the success that both those have had in the group of five the last five years. It's warranted for them to get a, to get an opportunity, opportunity to be in the Power Five this year. And so those, those schools are right on the edge for me. Um, there, there's not much of an argument. Again, I was probably just a little bit more of a stickler with my list. And I had you know 30 schools in mind that, to me, still represent the upper echelon of college football. And then from there, you got a bunch of them grouped together. Yeah, you have 30 in your top three tiers, as you just mentioned. I have 36. So, you know, I have six more than you. That's, you know, a decent number when you're talking about 69 Power 5 programs as it stands. Um, and then there's only one, though, in your top 30 that is not in my top 36. That is South Carolina. I like the points you made. I, I, I think they're fair. Um, for me, no, I'm I, let's at, be honest, I don't have a whole lot to go well, off, of, off, of, well, off of my rating there. When I'm looking at South Carolina, here's the thing for me, King, and because I did, you know, they were a team that I actually had in Tier 3 and I bumped them to Tier 4. Um the reason I did that was I like where that pro I, I really like where that program is currently, and it seems like Shane Beamer's got all these intangible things moving in the right direction. A lot of good synergies around the program, things that maybe a a power rating model can't capture. I've talked about that a lot um, over the course of the summer with, with different radio outlets, especially down there in the Upstate. So I like what's going on there now. I don't want to over 
emphasize that in terms of tier, p- putting these jobs into these tiers. Because if I look at the history of South Carolina, and no disrespect to Gamecock fans, I'm sure I'm forgetting you know some some great seasons here or there, but really outside of the old ball coaches, you know, early 2010s, JV and Clowney, of course, the big hit against Michigan and all that, like they were you know a top five, top ten team for a couple of years there under Spurrier, and now. Beamer seems to have them going in the right direction. They won eight games last year, though. I mean, there's still room for this to grow. And I'm further concerned by the fact that the SEC, they're doing away with divisions, which is going to make it harder for South Carolina. And they're bringing in Texas and Oklahoma, who we both have in Tier 1, King. So the SEC is adding two more Tier 1 teams next year. South Carolina, I've talked a lot about where does a team fall within the hierarchy of their conference. To me, South Carolina just couldn't quite get up over that edge that they needed to be into Tier 3 because of that hierarchy within the conference, which is only going to get worse with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. And if further expansion happens and, you know, the SEC targets some of these teams that they're talking about, you know, Florida State, Miami, whoever else down there kind of in that southeastern footprint, because I do think that's important to the SEC. So credit to them there. I love the geography uh, concentration of the conference. I, I don't like what we're doing with like the Big Ten going ocean to ocean and all the way northwest to south southwest and all across the country i like the sec at least trying to keep it compact if they add those programs again those are tier two programs that i have so i just think south carolina is still struggling to find some footing um within the hierarchy there so that's why i had them there so anyway i think king we've been in good alignment so far never more never off by more than a tier and i guess that's going to continue now since we only have two tiers left and i've got my special tier six which i'll talk about um but let's get into it king here tier four yeah, so I got 25 teams listed in Tier 4 currently, and this is where it really started to get tough for me because, again, I think the gap between a lot of these schools is very small, and kind of how my criteria, how I evaluated this again was is these schools are consistently you know, top 30, top 40, not a whole lot are premier destination spots when it comes to you know going to college, campus, college town. Obviously, there's some in good recruiting beds, but these are schools that, you know, have kind of flash in the pan years. They'll go out, win eight, nine, 10 games occasionally, but also a lot of, you know, middle of the pack, five, six win seasons here. And so it's going to vary 25 teams. I'll list them nice and slow here. Purdue, Kansas State, Houston, Baylor, Minnesota, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, Michigan State, West Virginia, Colorado, BYU, UCF, Cincinnati. NC State, Louisville, Iowa State, Maryland, Mississippi State, Texas Tech, Kentucky, Missouri, Arizona State, Wake Forest, Virginia, Illinois. All right, I think I got all those down. I, that's I, I think that's the longest monologue of just that's listing a- things that we've had in this show. So hopefully people didn't just click that off halfway through. You can hit the 15 second skip button on the podcast. That's, if if, if uh, people don't want to listen to all that, that's a good list. That brings you up to 55 teams that you have in tiers one through four, my 15 here in tier four, just bring me up to 51. So I actually am going to have more in tier five than you do. Um, but based on what you just said there, King with your tier four, of course we have the seven schools that I have in tier three. That's Houston, Baylor, North Carolina, Pitt, UCF, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Texas Tech. I have those in tier three. You have them in tier four. For me, King, my tier four is very similar to yours there, uh, almost in agreement along the way, except I have West Virginia, Iowa State, Virginia, Illinois, and Wake Forest in tier my tier five. So West Virginia, Iowa State, Virginia, Illinois, and Wake Forest. They're actually in my tier five, whereas they're your tier four. The only team that I have in tier four, King, that you do not, or two, I guess, I have South Carolina, as we talked about, you have in tier three. 
I have Georgia Tech in tier four. You must have Georgia Tech in your tier five. So, King, let's focus quickly on some of these teams that we have disagreements on. I'll start with the one that I'm that I'm given in tier four that you have in tier five. Then it is Georgia Tech. So Georgia Tech to me has enough history. Granted, maybe not a whole lot recently, but this team, you know, early 1990s and even before that, you're going back a long way, kind of like Minnesota, but not necessarily the same level of success early on that Minnesota. I think there's enough history at Georgia Tech that they belong in tier four, coupled with the fact that they're in the ACC, not the SEC. And so by being an ACC school, well positioned in the state of Georgia, access to recruits in that state, in Florida, you know, in the Carolinas right there, Alabama's not far away. Like, to me, Georgia Tech is well positioned to have the opportunity to rise up that ACC hierarchy due to the the recruiting uh, access to recruiting that they have. So someone needs to do it. That's why it's tier four. It's not tier two, but this is a tier four job, I think, for me. That's why it's not in tier five because of some of those factors. Ones that you have in forking that I have in five, West Virginia, Iowa State, Virginia, Illinois, Wake Forest. I hate doing this to Iowa State because I love Matt Campbell. I love what they're doing. But you look at the history of Iowa State minus the last you know five years it's been really bad. The last conference championship for Iowa state is like 1912 or something like that. Like they, it's been a program that's been down for extended periods of time and they've only recently started to charge up. And now I'm wondering, um, has Campbell peaked at, at, uh, Iowa state in terms of what he's able to get out of that program? I certainly hope not because I like Matt Campbell. I like what they got going on, but to me, they're a tier five program, West Virginia, for similar reasons. They've actually been the West Virginia is my best average K Ford rating team in tier five. I have them as, They've averaged the 30th best team in college football in the CFP era, and I have them in Tier 5 just because I don't love their fit in the Big 12, to be completely honest. I don't the, – the access to recruiting, you know, is not great there. Of course, they're close to Ohio and Pennsylvania, so they can tap into those. You know, the Washington, D.C. area is not too far away, but I just haven't seen enough out of West Virginia. 2007 was awesome, and Pat White and Steve Slayton, and my goodness, that was a fun team, and they've had some good runs, but I just don't think that West Virginia, for me, is in that top tier. Virginia, Illinois, Wake Forest – uh, Illinois, to me, still a basketball school, uh, will be a basketball school. Wake Forest, similarly, better known for basketball. Virginia, um, I just, I don't know. I, I like Virginia. I just, I, I think they're a tier five team for me. So, King, that's what those are the differences there for me and why I have them where they are. I don't know if you have any retorts for those or, or rebuttals, but uh, that's what I got. Maybe Georgia Tech, why you'd have them in tier five instead of four. I'm curious about that one. Well, look, to be honest, a lot of this, with, with how slim the margins we deal with this, a lot of this comes down to recency bias for me and where I see the current state of the program. There's no doubt Georgia Tech, they're in a, a more beneficial situation when it comes to getting access to talent and recruit than most. But how that program has been run and the lack of success and really just sort of any sort of national uh, recognition over you know as, as many years as I can remember, they, that's why they've kind of fallen down to tier five. And I mean, you look at those couple schools that I mentioned that I have in four, Virginia, Wake Forest, Illinois. All these schools over the last few years have been able to develop some good talent and all have their respective years where they've been competing for, you know, conference championships. So right now, the state of those programs to me makes them a tier four job. We're going to run through tier five and there's going to be arguments that can be made that those could be right down there with them. But again, that current state to me does play a part of this. And I think with how those schools have been approached, the resources, the coaching that they have in place right now, I think the program's going in the right direction. So that's why I have them in my massive list of tier four schools. I got you. All right. So King, moving to tier five, then we both have 14 teams in there. That's bringing you up to 69. It's bringing me up to 65. I'll explain why in a second. But in terms of who we have in tier five. So as I just mentioned, I have West Virginia, Iowa State, Wake Forest, Virginia, Illinois. We both have um, Northwestern, Boston College, Indiana, Virginia, 
Sorry, sorry, you, you don't have Virginia. I have Virginia. Duke, Syracuse, Arizona, Vanderbilt, Rutgers, and Kansas. Those are our, uh, we both agree, our tier five programs. I've listed the ones that I have in there. King, you also have Stanford, Washington State, Cal, and Oregon State. I have actually grouped those four teams, for clear reasons, into a special tier six They are not currently affiliated with a conference starting in 2024. For me, that right there puts them in their own category. And it's not like Notre Dame, who's not affiliated with a conference for for different reasons. These are teams that are looking for a home in 2024. I sure hope they find one. I hope they find good ones. I think what's happened to the Pac-12 is incredibly sad. These are the four that are just kind of left there at the end. um, And they've got to figure out where they're going. I know you've got them in tier five. I've got them in tier six for that reason. But King, anything uh, tier five related, this to me, there's a lot of basketball schools in here. There's a lot of schools that don't have a lot of college football history. There's a lot of schools that have been, you know, doormats for a very long time things like that. Uh, I don't want to be too critical of, of these tier five teams or a couple tier sixes for me, but they're just, it is what it is. We're talking about trying to rate or rank 69 different jobs. Someone's got to be at the bottom. And for me, these are the ones that came out there. Yeah, I think the points that you made, Kelly, about those four schools, just in regards to attractiveness right now, if if trying to get a big name or a top target coach to those schools right now, not having a conference and solidified, those are definitely a part of why I have those schools down here in my last year. But you mentioned some of the challenges these schools face. And just another additional one, a lot of these are academic institutions, right? You look at Stanford, you look at Northwestern, you look at Vanderbilt. There's some academic requirements, I think, that maybe prevent them a little bit when it comes to admission and recruiting. But some of these have been doormats for so long. Kansas is a school that, you know, had a little bit of a flash of pan the last couple of years. Oregon State's got a team that's got some momentum right now. We all remember Stanford in the years that they had, the Jim Harbaugh heirs being the force, Andrew Luck that they had. But these schools, to me, just have the most challenges when it comes to competing regularly. Indiana, poor Indiana, you know, not really poor Indiana because I like dumping on them, but I know those guys, No, nobody's more excited to get it for the Big Ten conferences to go away than them. I think we've mentioned that before. You said Penn State, the argument can be made, but you look at these schools over my lifetime and there hasn't been a lot of progress with a lot. No doubt, King. Um, I'm with you. I agree. Uh, it's well said. I don't have much to add because, again, I don't like hating on teams, but this is we hate your team, I guess. we got to embrace that hate a little bit. Uh, these teams here at the bottom, for sure. I should be clear, too. Stanford, Washington State, Cal, Oregon State, they're not necessarily – I wouldn't necessarily just group them into Tier 5 if it not for their current status. You know, for me, Stanford probably closer to a, a Tier 4 um, is where I'd probably have them. You know, Washington State. Cal, Oregon State, maybe they're that tier four, tier five, I guess. But as it stands, they really need uh, some help in figuring out what they're going to be doing. I think I just realized, King, I'm not sure I ever actually ex- explicitly stated my tier four. I said I'm in agreement with a lot of you except for these. Here's my tier four really quickly for folks. As I go down the list, I do have, like I said, 15 teams in there. It is my biggest tier. Kansas State, Michigan State, Louisville, Minnesota, NC State, Arizona State, Missouri, Kentucky, BYU, Cincinnati, South Carolina, Georgia Tech, Purdue, Maryland, and Colorado. Again, not necessarily in any order there, but that's my tier four just for the sake of uh, completion because I don't think I actually put those in there. Um, 
but there we go. King, that's it. Those are those are the power five jobs. We've tiered them out. We're both in agreement uh, kind of at the top with regard to where we are. You were a little bit stricter with your cutoffs than I was. And then um, I got a little bit stricter uh, at the end there in terms of trying to keep it a little bit more even. You you bunched up tier four and, and, and had more of an elitist uh, tiers one, two, and three. So I liked it. This was good. I'm actually surprised, King, with the amount of alignment that we had. Maybe I'm not surprised. You know, we both kind of we view college football very differently, but we both love it. We have this respect for the sport, the history, all of that. So I guess, you know, our differing viewpoints when it comes down to it, we're really not that far off on any team. No team was off by more than one tier. Um, and we only had, you know, a handful out of the 65 that we did not have in the exact same tier. I, I'm actually pretty impressed for having not compared any notes beforehand and having to decipher in live time. Who's where? What do you got? Where, where are we at? So that was a lot of fun, man. That was a great idea you had. And I'm sorry that we uh, we didn't do it earlier. That's probably on me. No, I think it's more so on me, but agreed, Kelly. I think we pulled this off pretty successfully. Again, we were kind of jumbled there. We didn't really know how this was going to go with us <laughs> just having no prior communication as to what these rankings were going to look like. But obviously everything's opinion-based. We're not going to agree on everything. We view college football through a different lens, as you stated, but still true fans of the game. I think we both have a very sound understanding of the history for a lot of college football teams here. And so it was fun to go through it. It was a fun exercise, definitely more challenging than I thought. And uh, I look forward to hearing some some people's response to this. Hopefully we get some fans chirping us that they're in the wrong tier. That would be fun. I, you know, I'd love to hear some opinions from the, some of the listeners out here. Getting again, because I'm sure, I'm, you know, I'm sure that, you know, I could be way off. You know, I'm sure I am way off for a lot of our, our, our listeners and people's opinions out there. But that's the beauty of it. Everybody can, uh, you know, state their opinion. And that's why we love doing this. King, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put together a graphic here, and I'm gonna post it, and that's gonna really make people mad when they a summary of this Let's for go. me at least, where where their teams are. That's just setting myself up for failure. But hey, you know we're a week away from the season; people are gonna forget once the game starts. So it'll be fun to do. Um, maybe I'll bet these tiers into into alphabetical order or something, not to to try to make that better. I don't know. But anyway, this has been a lot of fun, King. Next time we're talking to folks, we're gonna be talking about week zero college football games. It is here. I cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun, King. Uh, we're going to be coming back. Format, switching it up a little bit. We got some new things coming for the listeners this year. So looking forward to it, man. We're, we're right here. You can taste it on the tip of your tongue. Absolutely. And week zero is going to be a little bit different too, just given the the lack of a, of a full slate. But yes, you're right. Week one, we're going to have we're going to have our guest on. You know, he earned his right by winning the bowl pick him last year. We'll get him on in week one and then we'll get the whole guest lineup rolling as we always do. Uh, just you and me in week zero and then we'll get going with our guests that we enjoy so much. So King, this is a fun episode. Uh, we'll have to make a note to do more kind of topical things like this in the summer of 2024 because uh, moving forward here in 23, we're not going to have any more time. We got games to talk about, breakdown. It's going to be so much fun. The good Finger. stuff. The good that, stuff. The good stuff. That's right. Why people are listening. King, this is great. Uh, for everyone listening, we appreciate you. This has been the We Hate Your Team podcast, a proud partner of the VSN Collegiate Network. Until next time, hope you guys have a great end of your summer. Get all those weddings in. Get all those fall chores in. Get everything in that you need to do because the next time we talk to you, your Saturdays better be booked with college football. We'll talk to you guys soon.